Could you feel people calling on you because you weren't a hot girl? Absolutely, yeah. Jen. Yeah. Absolutely. Welcome oh. to the feminine experience. As soon as you're not fuckable, oh they don't want God. you anymore. <laughs> Why, hello there. I'm Jen Fricker. And it's me, Alexi Toliopoulos. Welcome to Lived It, the podcast where we speak to everyday Australians and Kiwis who didn't just watch the show or movie everyone's banging on about, they lived it. And on this episode, we are chatting about a brand new horror movie called Choose or Die. It's a little freaky and it's about a cursed video game. And then a little bit later on in the episode, we'll be chatting to our dearest friend, Michael Hing, who is a gamer, an esports commentator, and he also knows a thing or two about taking a video game just that step a little too far. Choose or Die is a brand new Netflix film about two friends who discover a long lost video game called Cursor. It's got a potential cash prize reward of $125,000 that has never been claimed. Once they boot up that retro video game on some vintage 1980s hardware, they realise Cursor isn't just an ordinary game. It actually has a reality-warping consequence, and they might not make it out alive. Let's get spooked out by that trailer. What's this? Cursor. The 125 grand prize. There are a ton of unclaimed prizes from retro games. Could be easy money. You know Wilkie's on 37th? Yes, I do. Meet me there tonight at 1.30. It's a date. It's a deal. It's not like anything I've ever seen before. It seemed to affect reality. You have to choose, Kayla. Choose or die. Clean up. How was it doing that? It's almost putting the words on the screen before I say them. I don't see how a video game can kill someone. The more the cursed suffer, the more the cursor benefits. Okay, so that was a little freaky. That is just a taste of what you've got in store for Choose or Die. I got a little freaked out. Jen, how about you? Look, it's very spooky audio. You've got that heartbeat drone going through it. Yes. But I don't feel like it does justice to the gore that's going on in this movie. Off the bat, you are just seeing blood. So if you are squeamish like myself, (laughs) be prepared. It's a lot. Yeah. Do your eyes a treat as well. You've heard it now. Why don't you watch it? (laughs) And then? Watch the dang movie. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would have to agree with you, the gore is sick in this movie. You're a little gore monster, though. Yes, I'm a gore freak. I got my sick little thrills from watching this movie. I You're a whore for gore. I'm a whore for freaking gore. <laughs> and speaking of sick, we're going to be joined by one of our sickest buds on the podcast, Michael Hing. He's a fellow comedian, he's a Triple J host, and one of his very many side hustles is in the world of gaming. The guy is, has, and will be always a pro gamer. He's who I always go to for gaming advice, like what to play and how to be bad at playing video games. And he's joining us on the podcast. Michael Hing, thank you so much for joining us on our show. Hello, Genevieve. Hello, Alexi. <laughs> Very formal, Michael. I like it. I like yeah. this. I don't think anyone's ever called me Genevieve on this podcast. I don't think oh, really? anyone even knows that my name is Genevieve on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, well, that was one of the things I wanted to do was to dox you. I just wanted to <laughs> yeah. dox you with your full name, Genevieve. No, 
Sorry, let's not. We're not here to talk about that. I'm sorry, but Alexandros Genevieve, lovely to be here. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> tremendous to see you and have you on the pod. Now we are talking about video games this week with the release of Choose or Die on Netflix. Yeah, it's a kind of freaky little horror movie about a cursed video game. I am curious, Michael. Have you ever had a video game kind of take over your life and ruin it to an extent? Of course. <laughs> Who hasn't? I, I used to work in the video game industry. I was a commentator for video games for esports for many years. Gosh, I was playing tournaments internationally from Australia, oh. but the time zones were all mucked up. So what I used to do is my girlfriend would go to sleep and I would sneak out of her house and go around to my office, which was around the corner, and play these video games uh, all night to win money. <laughs> Very cool. And then she eventually thought I was having an affair. But uh, it turns out, no, more, much more embarrassing was just playing StarCraft. <laughs> you were clocking onto the night shift. That's all you were doing. Exactly. A second job. I'm a, I'm a hustler, baby. You're a classic working class blue collar worker. Just, <laughs> just entering Korean StarCraft tournaments. Yeah. But the game that really ruined my life the most, and not for this reason, but just because it was so addictive, mm. um, was the game World of Warcraft. Oh, I became gosh. obsessed with this game. Like a lot of people would have, you know, in the last sort of, what, 20 years since it came out or whatever it is. It was a freaking epidemic when it came out, that game. Yeah. And I accidentally got, I guess, what you could broadly describe as like an in-game sugar daddy. What? <laughs> Can you start from the beginning? Because, like, I only know World of Warcraft as the thing that kept me from using the family computer because my brother was always on it, <laughs> so I had to hide his disc. But I don't know anything about the actual mechanics of the game. So what is World of Warcraft for people who don't know? Okay, so it's what they called a mass multiplayer online role-playing game. So it's, it's, so it's a game. It's huge. There's, like, millions of people playing it you're playing with each other and basically you have a little character um, and, and which they call your tune and you um, and you run around the world of Azeroth, Genevieve, completing quests and getting more powerful items and learning new spells and that kind of thing. An MMORPG for those in the know that have the freaking lingo down, okay? Exactly. An MMO, baby. And so I just, not for any particular reason, but when I was a, when I was started playing this game, I just decided to make my character... A female character. An ally. Because you're an ally, because you're brave, because you wanted to take on the feminine experience. I honestly, it's probably because I was a horny teenager <laughs> and my character's name is Lola, um, named after Lola Bunny. Oh, you really were a horny teen. It was just, I don't, whatever, who cares, right? We, we, we've, all, we've, we've all grown. Michael, there are so many layers to this that get worse and yeah. worse as we go down. I know, but we can't, we, we simply don't have time to get into it. <laughs> no, 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 we got all the time in the you're world. You're on our podcast and we got time baby <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> we're up against the clock <laughs> and so i started playing and i joined a guild which is like a group of people who play the game all together and we we'd all met on these forums called something awful which oh, was sort wow. of big in the early 2000s right i guess because we'd never met in real life and back in those days people didn't have like headsets to to talk to each other you just it was all text and stuff right so i guess I didn't realize this, but no one in my guild realized that I wasn't a, 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 a lady, but they all thought I was just a lady and I did. They didn't realize I was like a, I don't know, some teenage kid, right? They only knew Lola. They never knew Michael. Mm. Exactly. And so I would just go by lols or Lola, right? So all these dudes in my guild used to like give me gold and in-game items and stuff. <laughs> Did you feel like these guys are flirting with you? Well, here's the thing. Cause a lot of the people who I was, who I was playing with are, were Americans and Americans are just so 
out there and charismatic mm-hmm. and friendly a lot of the time that they, they were just so friendly that I, I, I guess there were probably clues along the way, but I, it didn't click. Basically what happened was the more difficult dungeons that you, that you do with your character, the, the better the rewards, the better items you get from these things, right? And so- You get that hot loot. Exactly. That, that elite epic loot, bro. <laughs> and so these, these people would like run me through these really difficult dungeons and then I'd, I'd get all these, these incredible items and stuff. And so I ended up getting, becoming, because of, not because of myself, because of these other people, like a very quickly a very high level character. I then made my way onto what they call the main raiding team, which is like a scheduled thing where you meet every week and you do like the hardest, most difficult dungeons in the game. You're like competitively doing it with other guilds around. So you're like competing to like who can get this, who can be the first in the world to do this or the first yeah. on the server to do this. It sounds like you're the Harley Quinn of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Are you saying that you were a cool girl that could hang? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, in many ways, Jen, I wasn't like other girls because, in fact, I was a teenage boy. <laughs> I genuinely thought that they thought that I was just a another guy like them because they're all because they were all dudes because it was a because it was the mid two thousands who were playing World of Warcraft and it was predominantly men. Yeah. And there were a couple of women in the group that were like people's girlfriends or wives or whatever. Yeah. But they were all playing stinky little dwarves, not sexy undead <laughs> chicks. So this went on for like, I would say, two years. Oh, maybe. wow. Two years. Of me playing this game and being friends with these people online, but never like talking to them, never like having a, um, a like we didn't have a TeamSpeak server or anything. Or if we did, I didn't I didn't talk because I didn't have a microphone. Um, and And... So it, it, it was years and years of people just sending me all these in-game items to a point where I then began doing doing a, not a scam, but like yes. I started selling gold <laughs> in the game that other people sent me with real to get real currency IRL oh to get real money. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh so, my god, I love this. So I was ma- not not heaps of money. I was making like you know I don't know a couple hundred bucks here and there. But like as a teenager, that's like all the money in the world, right? Yeah, of course. Then I mentioned to um, my guild that it was my birthday coming up and everyone was like, oh, happy birthday. A guy messaged me and was like, hey, I w- we were thinking we we're going to send you a present. What's your, like, what's your mailing address? I, nowadays, obviously, no one, no one would give out their, inter- their address on the internet, right? No one would. But like, I don't know, it was like 2005 or whatever. So I, <laughs> I sent this person my address and, and they sent me for my birthday a Pandora bracelet that have all these charms on it and it's spelt out. And then one of the charms, it was like Lola, like my character's name on it. And I like thought it was a joke. Maybe I was so confused because it literally had not occurred to me that all these people thought I was like a lady and they were trying to flirt with me. Like dudes on the internet will like say like quote unquote jokes where they like are romantic to each other. Like, I love you or whatever. And or like, we, we, I want to, you know, I want to make out with you. Oh my God. This story is so 2004, dude. This is amazing. <laughs> you were like married to three people. You had no idea. <laughs> Men at least you're like, I left my wife for you, Lola. <laughs> <laughs> and so I messaged a mutual friend uh, and I was like, Hey, this person sent me this thing. Like what you know this charm this Pandora charm bracelet is this this is a joke I don't know, and they were like, oh no he's got a huge crush on you, and I was like what and that and then I had to explain to that friend that I was just like a 
like some like 19 year old kid from Australia or whatever. And they were like, oh what? my God. And then like, I had to do a whole post on the forum being like, Hey, I just wanted to clear something up. You all, I think some people here thought I was like a, a, a girl. And obviously it doesn't matter really, but I just mm. don't want you to be mis- misled. And yeah. now I realize that, Perhaps when many of you were giving me these incredibly powerful in-game items and lots of gold, potentially you thought this was something else that it wasn't. And I just, you know, it, like everyone kind of laughed it off. I don't think he felt like I did anything malicious to him because I genuinely wouldn't have wanted that, you know. And, um, you know, it made things awkward in the dungeons after that, obviously. Oh, you know? my Lord. <laughs> Could you feel people calling on you because you weren't a hot girl? Absolutely, yeah. Jet. Absolutely. Yeah. Welcome to the oh. feminine experience. As soon as you're not fuckable, they don't oh want you anymore. <laughs> Do you remain in contact with any of these people? Like, there's like one guy who I'm still friends with. Yeah, charm yeah. bracelet guy. No, no, no not charm <laughs> bracelet guy. I think charm bracelet guy ended up um, going on to be a very successful software developer. At, 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 he's fine. Like, he's fine. He's wow. doing great. He's Billy Gates himself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was Bill Gates. It was Jeff Bezos. Do you still have the bracelet, or did you give it back? I was chatting to someone about this the other day. I don't know what I did with it because I wouldn't have thrown it out because it was obviously worth, I don't know, like come on, like what, 150 bucks, 200 bucks or something? Yeah, it was like these yeah, Pandora bracelets in 2005 or whatever. They were yeah. expensive. They were a hot ticket item back in the day. Yeah. A couple of months ago, I was trying to find it and because we've moved a couple of times since then. And I couldn't, it, it'll be, it's in a box at my parents' house somewhere. <laughs> Lola, when you had the realization that um, everyone thought you were a woman, did you kind of recontextualize were there any moments earlier on that this is sexism that has was, was foisted upon me <laughs> <laughs> and Jen I'm sure you can relate <laughs> now explain it to me I wouldn't understand there was a there was a time my character was a warlock and uh, there are different classes of characters and I, I was running to be the leader of the warlocks in the guild they said that I wasn't experienced enough and that I wasn't like mature enough or whatever. <laughs> And, and all this stuff. And, and and at the time I was like, that's not true. I'm better than all these fools, whatever. And in retrospect, I, I think that they were like, uh, she's a girl. She wouldn't get it. Oh I love that you got a taste of that. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. In many ways, Jen, I think I fully understand your experiences online as a woman. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> was there a conversation with the guy who sent you the bracelet? I know you said he, he was all right with it. He but- was really, he was really embarrassed. And yeah, we had a, we had a, a chat about it and stuff and, he at one point he thought that like he was like wait does your sister play or something like he thought maybe we were I was sharing an account with my with a sister or a friend or something mm. he sort of he I think he understood that he maybe he'd misinterpreted some things it was fine but he was Man, yeah, yeah that guy definitely kissed his computer screen with your avatar on it <laughs> absolutely at the very least <laughs> <laughs> and now he's worth millions of dollars. <laughs> Brother, send me a Pandora charm bracelet. I'm jealous over here. <laughs> Michael, you're a real sick freak and I love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Classic me, baby. Honestly, I feel like this has brought me closer to you, knowing that inside of this angry, confusing man, there's a beautiful woman named Lola inside. Well, no, it's been a privilege to share this with you, Genevieve. Yes. Alexandros. Michael, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Always a pleasure, never a chore, and certainly never a bore to hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, friends. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. See you, dude.
Do you know what really kind of uh, sits most tantalizing for me between Michael Hing's story and the movie Choose or Die? That idea when video games go too far, but not just going too far, they kind of break through the digital realm and enter the real world. Like Michael getting that real life Pandora bracelet as if he had opened Pandora's box himself. It feels like the most tame version of what goes on in Choose or Die where the video game breaks through and starts taking over the life and you get those real world ramifications that are kind of like sparked up and gamified. I think that's kind of what scared me most about Choose or Die. It's interesting in Choose or Die because the game itself, the cursed game that they come across is from the 80s but is still reaching into the real world of people living like now basically in 2022 and I think it Mm. kind of speaks to how anemic we used to think video games were like early video games like retro arcade into like the first kind of personal console games like I think we all just thought oh yeah like this is just kind of fun there's nothing too dark about it like Hink's story wasn't too dark, but it can end up in a sort of dark place in a, in a way that really affects you. I'll be honest, Jen, this movie did freak me out. I, I you know, I love my horror movies. Very rarely mm. do I get scared in them proper. And it wasn't even the gore. And this movie, like we said, is gory. It wasn't the gore that got me. It was like proper old school tension that freaked me out. Because there's this moment in it where our lead character is on the phone to her mum, basically. And is like having to give her video game directions to escape a threat that is chasing her. So it's almost only audio. It could have been a freaking podcast that I was listening to. And it fully like got me chilled up and like actually like getting very scared with what was going on in screen. And genuinely, I think I'm going to watch it again because it kind of ticks a lot of boxes for me. It's got like that English, British, modern day horror style that feels like Black Mirror or a TV show I loved watching when I was a teenager, Misfits. Kind of ticks those boxes for me. Yeah, it really speaks to how effective storytelling can be in video games, right? People often deride like video game adaptations into movies Mm. and it's hard to see it done poorly. And while this isn't necessarily a video game adaptation, it is taking the central mechanic of video games, Mm. especially those choose-your-own-adventure text-only ones, and applying it to like a movie story. And I just think, like like you're saying, that scene with the phone and and it, you don't really see any of the panic and tension, but it is so tense. Mm. I think sometimes that's the thing. It's like sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is so much scarier than more. I will say, surprisingly, I was fine with the gore. God, your techniques from back on a Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode are paying off. Yeah, you might remember a little earlier in the season, I worked with a psychotherapist to work through my fear of scary movies. It's called Blood, Guts and Fried Garlic, if you want to listen to that episode. But it worked. Wow. Bit of personal growth. Good Lord, our little fricks has grown up. 
she's not so much a fricker as she is a freak now. <laughs> um, but a thing I really loved about this movie, and mm. it was like kind of a nice little Easter egg for me, is that the soundtrack is done by Liam Howlett, yeah. um, who people might know as one of the guys from The Prodigy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it kind of also puts me back in that like Y2K nostalgia yeah. place because, of course, The Prodigy's music's been used for so many films, like yeah. The Matrix, mm-hmm. Charlie's Angels, basically anything where people are hacking a mainframe. It's fun little Easter eggs in this movie that I think are really enjoyable, especially if you're a fan of horror, especially if you're a fan of video games. I mean, just the fact that they actually got Robert Englund to do the voice. Like, that's cool as... That's so cool. I'm a huge Robert England fan. I grew up watching the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I love Freddy Krueger. He's one of my guys. Freddy Krueger's one of my idols, I would say. <laughs> I wouldn't be a comedian if it weren't for Freddy being one of the funniest <laughs> guys in the movies. I also love Aza Butterfield. I think he's so cool. Oh, and I'll watch him- anything with him yes. in it. And I like seeing him as like this geeky, dorky, like dirty little gamer guy. Uh, I would also say this is the directorial debut of Toby Meekins. Um, and it makes me very interested to follow this career. I think this is a really strong start, and I do love it when a director starts things out in the horror genre. Hopefully there's some big things to come from Toby Meekins in the future. I want to say as well, this movie really feels like it's in this trend at the moment of people playing games with deadly real-life consequences, like Squid Game, and I wonder if it's kind of just a reaction to just capitalism you know what i mean it's just mm. a metaphor for capitalism <laughs> yeah i think you're right like it did remind me of squid game it did remind me of saw as well mm. as far as like those older horror films go where there's like a some kind of being controlling what you do and what your path in life is yeah it also reminds me so much and maybe this will tickle you alexi i don't know if because i'm a slightly older than you but do you remember the those VHS games that you would mm-hmm. get? And there was one called Nightmare. Yeah, I played Nightmare. Yeah, it just I made lived me, it, dude. That's I my lived it. it. That Nightmare, <laughs> that was my life. Um, it just reminded me of that so much. Like, yeah. so Nightmare was a VHS. Um, game basically you would buy it take it home as a board game that came with mm-hmm. it, and a spooky man on the TV would tell you what to do. It was horrifying as a child. It's real freaky. And I think that if you like that kind of horror, or if you like Black Mirror, that Bandersnatch uh, interactive video game movie that we had on Netflix a while ago, um, I think that this might be up your alley. This was a this was a really pleasant surprise for me. And that is game over for this episode of Lived It. Choose or Die is ready to freak you out on Netflix whenever you want. And thank you to Michael Hing for admitting to being a sugar baby. The honesty is refreshing. If you have any gaming stories or mistaken identity stories, perhaps send us a DM on Insta at NetflixANZ. And make sure to leave a review for us on Apple or Spotify and tell us what was your first gamer handle? (laughs) My one? (laughs) was I'm Chewy69 because I was real cool. Like Chewy as in Chewbacca? No, like K 
Hannibal. I don't know why. It was a thing in you six. Wow, okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better about mine. Mine was a little portmanteau of two of my favourite Martin Scorsese movies. Yes, I was known online as Raging Goodfella. <laughs> oh, my God. And I sometimes still use the handle. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. This podcast was recorded on Gadigal land. Thank you so much to our executive producer, Priya Tayazade, and producer, Abby Lenton. And finally, thank you to all the gamers that were mucking around listening to the podcast today. We love you, we appreciate you, and goodbye. Goodbye.